Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, with you for the next hour, taking you through most of the games of Week 13. This is the final playoff week. Teams got to make their push. A lot of teams need a win. Some teams need a win and some help. And some teams, instead of worried about the playoffs getting in, are worried about seedings and buys and that thing. But whatever the case, Scott and I are here to help you win your leagues and win that cash on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, Scotty, how you doing today? It is Wednesday. Waivers are running. Getting ready for the final week, week 13. It's an exciting time in fantasy football. Yeah, not a lot of that out there on waivers, you know, but there are some pieces. LeGarrette Blunt is a prime pickup. Yep. Uh, also, at tight end, you know, if you lost some guys, Chris Herndon makes a great pickup. Uh, people are going to race to get Janu Smith as well, you know, after his big game on Monday Night Football. Adam Humphreys is still out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, yep. You know, he hasn't gotten proper respect. But, you know, you also want to get the handcuffs to your top running backs you, know, you want to get those Malcolm Browns and Spencer Wares if you haven't already done it. Yeah, absolutely. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with Spittin' Statistician and the King, I always say we're not just giving you a fish. We are teaching you how to fish. So things like how you structure your roster heading into the playoffs. You need those critical handcuffs. You need to know your league settings. There are some leagues where you can't make any more moves after this week, okay? So that means, you crazily enough, you have to double up on kickers, on tight ends, because you can't be left three weeks from now taking a zero somewhere. You You have to plan accordingly. We had a lot of questions on social media, on the phone lines as well. Like from the commissioner's standpoint, you know, like there's a lot of times where people are weaseling their way in at this point of the season. Let me ask you something, Scotty, on that. You know, we heard from our boy Kenny in Philly. We've heard, you know, there's been a number of other questions talking about, oh, should I – in essence, do something that's a little too cute. And I got another question for you, Scotty. Big shout-out to one of my Stats Over Beats followers, Ryan Agbim. Okay. First of all, I give this guy props. Scotty, he's in a 16-team league. You got to like that, right? Big boy league? Uh, I guess you do. It's uh, tough. I'm I'm not in any 16-teamers. You know, they're... uh, I'm not. I'm in 14-teamers, but not 16. I think that's that's stretching the player pool a little bit thin. Yeah, I hear you. But, well, in any event, this guy's in a 16-team league, and crazily enough, eight make the playoffs, okay? So it goes eight, then four, then two. Same weeks, you know, 13, uh, excuse me, 14, 15, 16. But he says this. He's in second place, okay? Um, and But he faces... He's tied, you know, but in second place because of points. He's facing the team in first place, okay? So he's got second place. He's good to go. If he wins, he can get first place. He says the eighth seed is really actually a good team that's getting hot. 
you know, and, 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 and has guys that are improving because of other injuries, stuff like that. And the seventh seed team is trash, has lost a lot of injuries uh, to, to injuries, stuff like that. He's saying, should he, in essence, punt this week, put zeros so he just tries to lock himself into second place to face that seventh seed team who he thinks is a lot worse than trying this week, even for the title. I don't know if there's any money associated with that. Uh, to face the eighth speed. Now, not necessarily in this case, but, you know, Mike Blewett asked me a question about that yesterday. We talked about it. I want to get your take. In general, if I zoom this out, Scott, to the idea of, like, you know, trying to do something out of the norm, getting too cute to try to arrange a specific matchup for yourself in the playoffs. Are you a fan of that? I say no because it always bite. It either a always bites you in the butt, or b there's other ripple effects, right? Maybe you're not competing for most points, and there's cash for that. Maybe you actually get yourself a worse second round matchup. You never know. So I always stay away from this sort of thing. But a lot of people want to try and get too cute at this point of the year. What people are trying to do is control their results, right. which you very often can't do. You know, in fantasy football, the best thing you can do is be the most informed in any given week and set your best possible lineup and not worry about who you're playing. Because once, once things kick off, you can't control anything. You know, football's too spontaneous of a game. We can't control the athletic execution. And when people try to control it, uh, you know, they, they often end up being futile. Now, it sounds to me like with this guy's particular question is yeah. that he doesn't have any really – it doesn't make a difference if he's in first. If he's not going to win total points, a prize, cash prize, and he still has a first-round buy, you right. know, and he's not playing for anything, you know, it's uh, go ahead and do it. You know, I don't care. Uh, but yeah, but watch that seven-seed team put up a huge number, you yeah, know, exactly. next that's week. What, that's why I was going – that's yeah. why I was going next week. For all you know – you know, remember when Tony Romo got injured in the first yeah. round of the fantasy playoffs? And yeah. that killed a lot of people. Or one of your top guys can underperform. Or the other team can all of a sudden, you know, have to say, you know, have three guys that have like Dede, best Dede Westbrook yeah. and Dede Westbrook catch four touchdown passes. Yep. You can't control your outcome. You're trying to control your outcome. You can't. That team that you thought is good, you know, on paper – you know, they could lay right. a big egg next week. And they, or their stud could, be, could tear their ACL could the, in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, or, or it could be the reverse for the other team. Right. Ultimately, my answer to this is I don't care about other teams. Worry about your own team. If your own team's quality, they score enough points or it doesn't matter who you play. You're trying to control your results, and you really can't do that. Yep, I agree with you. You know, you. Uh, I don't take it as far as you but do. go ahead and like, try if you're not playing for anything. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, I don't go to the extent you go to, Scott, in terms of, like, I don't even look at who I'm playing against. I don't even look at their roster. It doesn't impact my decision-making often at all. You know what I mean? But I do at least look at that. But I am not a fan right. of, like you said, trying to manipulate it but, or but trying to arrange the matchup. impact your right. decision-making. You know, that's that's the thing right there. It's the, like, the one thing I would say, People Scott, will do that often during the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they'll start overthinking, oh, should I – the other guy has Ben shows, you know, the, the other guy has, uh, has say, uh, you know, so has Cam Newton. So I should start, so I start DJ Moore, you know, right to Stephon cancel King. out that you, stuff. Yeah. They don't cancel each other out. You know, people still don't get it after all these years. Should I not start my defense to get my quarterback? You know, it's, it, it, right. You start the guys you think you're going to get the most points because you want people your team start, to get the most points. <laughs> People start overthinking things because of the extra pressure at this time of year. 
Right. You know, when they have to win in week 13 and they got must wins or the season is over, they start overthinking things. I completely agree with you. We should have to see, but don't overthink things. Don't get too cute. Just listen here to FST and to the Fantasy Sports I learned that lesson. Radio Network. I, I learned that lesson very early in my fantasy career. Now, the first year I ever played fantasy football was 94, right? Okay. That I ever officially played fantasy football. I think I, I was playing Stratomatic then still. I was rolling dice, bro. I was playing Stratomatic way before that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just 80s. saying. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> but my first official fantasy football league was '94, and I won the first time I ever played. Right? That's why you're the king. But, but then I, you know, I got my first job at CBS Sportsline in the industry, and like the first year I'm in the fantasy department in 1997, I go to the Super Bowl against my boss Rick Wolf, who's over over at Fantasy Alarm. Yeah. And you know, Rick's been doing it longer than I have, and I crumble under the pressure. I overthink it. I had uh, Vinny Testaverde and Jeff Hostetler at quarterback. Testaverde carried me to the championship, you know, playing well for the Ravens at that time. And But Hostetler was, had a better matchup against the Giants, and I felt like it was a revenge game even back then right. for Hostetler. I didn't play my better guy. I overthought it. Hostetler threw four interceptions, and I lost the Super Bowl. Yep, don't get too cute. That's the moral of that story. Scotty, let's take it back to 2018 and week 13, where the Baltimore Ravens have a non-conference road game against the Atlanta Falcons. I was surprised at this one. The morning line yesterday, Scott, was the uh, Ravens were minus one. Now the Falcons are minus one. This line has moved right away. I think people are like, let's, let's, you know, I think maybe the books over oversold the Lamar Jackson hype, and the public was not ready to go that far. Talk to me, though. What do you think this Ravens offense is going to look like? It's a little bit of a different challenge now. They are, you know, it's a different situation to be in a non-conference road game, and the Falcons now have more and more time. There's more and more tape on Lamar Jackson, more ability to prepare. They're starting to see what the Ravens are trying to do to him. I actually think, Scotty, this smells to me like where Lamar takes a step back, where the Ravens are humbled a little bit on the road in a non-conference opponent. Atlanta is good in that dome. I think this is the place where, uh, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson kind of turns back into a pumpkin. Yeah, I think I disagree with you. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, the Falcons haven't played good recently. You know, yeah. it's almost like you're talking, with no disrespect, you talk about the Falcons like, you know, they're the Falcons like last year or the year before. They haven't played well. And, you know, you can run against the Falcons. They are 30th against opposing running backs, so they can be exposed to the running. They give up 32 points per game to opposing running backs. The Falcons know what's coming, but can they stop it? I'm not so mm-hmm. sure that they can. So, it, look, the the Ravens want to slow this game down. And you can make a case that the Ravens are a better team than the Falcons right now. So, you know, I'm not seeing it the way that you're seeing it. Uh, you don't have to start Lamar Jackson this week because there's no buys. Right. Uh, and it is, I haven't ranked 16th the rest of the way. Uh, you know, in my rest of season ranks that are published this morning on, on rotoexperts.com. But, you know, Gus Edwards is going to get his. And, you know, on the other side, you know, the, on the other side, you know, defensively, uh, you know, Baltimore's one of the better units in the game, but, uh, you know, I don't think they're shut down either. I think it's more of a case where 
I think the Ravens want to slow the pace down and play half court basketball, and I th- I think they could do it. And by the way, the Ravens' defense they have kind of a tough schedule the rest of the way. You know they're they they're actually sixth best in fantasy football, but they have Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and the Chargers. I hear you know. Oh hey, I'm back. It's all good. Okay. It's, it's all good. Um, I, I missed some of what you were saying. You know, we got these technical difficulties sometimes, but I am back, and I hear that you're, you know, you, you it sounds like a ride in a little bit more Ravens. I'm a little bit more Falcons. I want to ask you, though, Scotty, about your in The Ravens ranks. are the one point that I made. They have a tough schedule for the defense oh. the rest of the way. The defense is ranked sixth overall in fantasy, but they have Atlanta, Kansas City, mm. and the Chargers. They do mm. have... They do have Tampa Bay in week 15 for some turnovers, but that, you know, I think that that defense might start get exposed a little bit. You know, they no, people look at the Ravens on reputation. You know, they, you know, we we we've seen them give up, a, you know, some big amounts of points, uh, you know, and not do anything on defense. Look at week eight at Carolina; they gave up 36 points. They didn't have a sack or an interception, and they ended up with a negative four against Pittsburgh. 23 points allowed. No interceptions, no sacks, zero points. So, uh, you know, you got to be careful with that defense that Ravens as well, defense I think. Maybe turning into a yeah. pumpkin, especially with yeah. a bad, bad, tough uh All I'm saying is I don't, I don't think it's easy for the, for the Falcons this week. All right. Fair enough. Let me ask you, though, uh, in your running back ranks, rest of the season, Scotty, you have Gus Edwards as running back 20, and you have Alex Collins as running back 59. That means to me that you think, like, this is pretty much settled science that Gus Edwards is now the back in Baltimore and, and, and you know, Alex Collins is, in essence, a handcuff? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking at because, like, around 50 or so on, you know, I list the handcuffs. Right. And Gus Edwards is the guy now. You know, three games, what, two games in a row now. I mean, you have him that, behind uh, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I do because uh, you know, Gus, Gus Edwards – Gus Edwards is the guy, you know, and uh, he's behind Chase Edmonds because David Johnson is ranked higher than Gus Edwards, obviously. So, you know, the handcuff to David Johnson is obviously going to be ranked higher. If Gus Edwards goes down, Jalen Samuels, yeah. Yeah, Alex Collins may lead a committee there. So that's why he's 59. All right. Uh, thanks. Sorry about uh, missing some of your analysis on that last game. I do think I might take Atlanta in the Dome, though, but we'll make our picks on Friday. Next game, Cleveland Browns go to Houston to take on the Texans. Scott, there's been rumors about Bruce Arians. You know, Freddie Kitchens used to be, work for him. You know, Greg Williams can play on the defensive side. It looks like Baker is, you know, starting to feel himself, talking a little bit about how he didn't like what Hugh Jackson did. I mean, the man was fired and then took another job. I can't hate him from trying to be employed. But Talk to me about the Cleveland Browns here. We know about going full Chubb. Nick Chubb is an RB1 in, you know, we've talked about this, you know, going forward. You have Nick Chubb as number seven overall. I mean, number seven RB uh, moving forward. Talk to me about the passing game, though, Scott. Jarvis Landry has disappointed, and it seems to be a little bit of a herd. You know, you got Njoku, you got Callaway, you got Higgins. What are you, you got Duke Johnson. Well, how do you, how does this Cleveland passing game shake out for Baker? I don't know if you do have Duke Johnson. The past two weeks, he's been invisible. So, yeah, uh, yeah but you're starting, to, you're starting to see Nick Chubb catching passes. It's really all about Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield spreading the ball around. You know, Njoku's been inconsistent, but, you know, he's had some double-figure games recently. So that still makes him a top-ten tight end. And uh, Jarvis Landry's a guy you really can't start comfortably. 
Uh, you know, he's been absolutely uh, disgusting in the last two weeks. Two catches yeah, for true. 22 yards, three catches for 30 yards. He only has two touchdown receptions all season. He has three double single-figure fantasy performances in his last six. You can't start Jarvis Landry comfortably right now. He is he is not scored in his past four games. Yeah. On the Houston side of things, Scott, what I'm interested in are wide receivers not named DeAndre. Okay? Um, because, you know, a lot of people, there's been buzz on Kiki QT. He got banged up a little bit, though, right? He's got a handy again. And it looked like Demarius Thomas was starting to grow. Anyway, you know, we've talked about these guys, Cooper in Dallas, DT in Houston, Golden Tate in Philly, how these te- these guys who got traded, you know, as the weeks go on, may start to get some more uh, footing with their new teams. It seems like Demarius Thomas was the preferred red zone option for Watson on Monday night. Do you think that is going to continue? Is the arrow pointing up on Demarius Thomas? You have him, I'll check in, in your ranks, but I would think you have him kind of on the way up, I would say. Uh, you have Demarius Thomas as number 30, 17 points higher than the consensus. So you got to think the arrow's pointing up on DT. Well, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, they're trying to get him more involved, but QT's also QT dealing injury. with a hamstring injury. But the third thing is, if you're depending on any Houston players in the passing game, I have, I have Deshaun Watson ranked number eight the rest of the way because he looked like the Deshaun Watson that was drafted high on Monday night. And look yeah. at the schedule the rest of the way. Cleveland, Indianapolis, the Jets, and the Eagles. Like it. You have a beautiful schedule for the Houston Texans, you know, the rest of the way. Demarius Thomas is going to continue to get opportunities. Sometimes it'll be the danger of him and QT cancel each other out, but they're going to continue to keep him involved. Yep, and DeAndre Hopkins obviously is a stud wide receiver number one uh, for your team. If you have DeAndre Hopkins, you're obviously starting him the rest of the way. When we come back, we break down more Week 13 games. It's Dane and Scott here on FST on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Indeed knows it's hard to find qualified candidates when you're hiring. It's like finding a unicorn. But when you post your job on Indeed, it's easy to find people with the skills you need. Nurse practitioner, four plus years experience, acute care certification. Indeed has a huge pool of amazing candidates and screener tools that help you find your most qualified applicants. Whoa, an entire short list of unicorns. See why more than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com slash hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source com score total visits. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Fantasy. 
Does Lamar Miller suck? How does it feel to know that you and Corey together have become the poster child for whenever Lamar Miller does anything good, you two are the first ones to get hit up? How many tweets did you get? A lot. Greg Martinez. Does Lamar Miller still suck? There's Carl Anderson. Lamar Miller is something to say. I mean, you deserve it. Sample. When you say, you know, maybe you should talk to uh, Joe Tessitore and find out whether or not uh, Lamar Miller sucks. (laughs) Joe Tessitore does not think Lamar Miller sucks. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today, I almost said Roto Experts in the morning, but that is a good point because on Mondays and on Wednesdays, you need to take them both because the King, Scott Angle, and myself, we take both hours there to go through everything you need in the fantasy football and the NFL world. Scotty, this next game that I want to talk about, I'm telling you right now, I don't want to spend too much time on this game. The Buffalo Bills go down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Scott, I'm literally wondering, is there anybody in this game that should be started. I look at your running back ranks rest of the season. You got Kenyon Drake at running back 33. You have Shady McCoy at running back 35. Is there anybody from these two teams that are startable? If you're trying to win a playoff game, you really don't want to use anybody from these teams except for maybe the defenses. You know, that could be okay. it. And also, you know, uh, Jason Sanders has been a really good kicker recently. I don't think people have realized you have a kicker who's not producing like a Matt Mayer, a Brett Mayer, or a Mason Crosby, pick up Jason Sanders. You know, he's been, you know, the, the, the Dolphins have been moving the ball. You just can't depend on anybody. They can't you pound it know who it's any, any given week, and they can't pound it. They don't have a goal line runner. So Jason Sanders is a good kicker. If you wanted to start okay. them in the Miami Sanders in the Miami defense, I mean, honestly, I know you asked me about offensive players, but I'm going to be complete here. I like both defenses, and I like Jason okay. Sanders as a kicker. Other than that, you know, I can't. I can't recommend to use Lashawn McCoy at all. There's, there's no floor there. You know, and right. if he if he has a good game, it's a surprise. Kenyon Drake busts through. You know, every once in a while, but he's complete boomer bust. He's like Deshaun Jackson at running back. Yep. So we'll keep it moving then. The next game, yeah. Scotty, is the Denver Broncos at the Cincinnati Bengals. Remember, the Bengals will be without. Andy Dalton. We'll see about A.J. Green. Scotty, I'm on the fade all the Cincinnati Bengals side of things because I also think I think the Denver Broncos are a better team than they are getting credit for. Okay? They have two big wins recently, stopping the Chargers win streak and stopping the Steelers win streak. They hung in with the Texans. Remember, the Texans are on an eight game in a row and the and McManus missed a game-winning field goal. You know, um in that game three weeks ago. They've also played the Rams and the Chiefs tougher than most. I think this is a better team than most people think. I like the Broncos on the road in Cincinnati facing a team that I think is unraveling and will be without their starting quarterback. I think I'm going to lay the four points on the road with Denver. I want to get your take on that. The other person I want to ask you about on Denver, Scotty, It's Cortland Sutton. Remember, they traded away Demarius Thomas. Everyone thought this was going to clear the way for Cortland Sutton. He has not necessarily shown up and shown out in his opportunity. But now they lose Jeff Hireman as well. And you may think that that's nothing. But could that offer more targets for Cortland Sutton as well? All right, a few things here. The one guy that you're definitely going to play for Cincinnati still is Joe Mixon. Sure. Going to get a ton of work. 
both sure. as a runner and as a receiver. You will consider Tyler Boyd as well. As for the Broncos and their record, they've earned it what they are. Yeah, they've played better recently, but they didn't play well or well out of the gate, and that's why they're in the hole that they are at 5-6 mm-hmm. and because they didn't play well the first half. It's only one season. game back of a playoff spot, though. But still, you know, it's yeah. – uh, they, they're, they're game under 500. Their record is what they – what it says they are. No, they you. didn't yep. play well early in the season, so they've earned it. Uh, sure. Philip Lindsay, he's been incredible. And look at the schedule the rest of the way for him. Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Oakland. You have to like that for a lot of the Broncos' offensive players. If you get into a pinch, you know what I'm saying? If 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 I had to roster a backup quarterback, like especially if we had a league like ours, where mm-hmm. you don't, we could, the moves are locked in week 13. You yep. know what? What the hell? You know, if it's, if it's scarce out there, give me Case Keenum against Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Oakland, and give me decent numbers. Uh, you're not going to start Cortland Sutton with any confidence at all, but you know, Emmanuel Sanders is top 15 the rest of the way with Harriman out. You know, maybe you want to pick up Matt Lacoste in a very deep league. Yeah, I mean, if you're desperate and you lost, you know, if you lost everybody, uh, maybe that's the move. But let me, you don't think Sutton has an opportunity? I mean, listen. One for 14, you know, three catches, three catches, three catches, one catch. Um, but, you know, I mean, at some point, if you like Case Keenum, it can't be all Manny Sanders and Philip Lindsay, right? It can't. It, I don't it know. It has been. You can't wait for Cortland Sutton to produce anymore. Right. It's like waiting for that. Corey Davis last year, right? It's like waiting for Corey Davis no, last it's, year. No, it's – it's it's this time of year. You can't wait for anybody to start producing. There are no more buys where you can take the chance. This is it. You know, winning, winning, you're in. Losing, you're out. For you know, in so many cases, especially next week, you can't take chances on Cortland Sutton when you're playing for your your fantasy season. Okay, then I will not have him in my starting lineups next game, Scotty. The L.A. Rams. All, you know, all high octane coming off a bye. They go to Detroit to take on Jim Bob Cooter, Matt Patricia, and the Detroit Lions. Um, what's the word on Kerryon Johnson, and what does that mean for LeGarrette Blunt and Theo Riddick? Uh, with Kerryon Johnson, uh, you know, we still still not expecting to see him this week. Inside injuries okay. was predicting that he could... You miss miss time deep into the fantasy playoff run. So do I so start with Garrett Blunt with confidence? Well, depends on what your other options are. But you know the mm-hmm. Rams, you know against opposing running backs, uh, they rank 14th. They gave up 24.1 points per game, but he had 88 yards and two touchdowns against the Bears. So I think you could start him with confidence in your flex. Yeah, I think the answer is yes to that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know I wouldn't. I'd be scared about start game him over flow. Matt Breida, though. I'd be scared about game script and all of a sudden the Lions down big and Theo Riddick on the field the entire, you know, the, the last three quarters and LeGarrette Blunt gets phased out because of game flow. I could see that too. You know, that's an excellent point. Right. Let me say, let me ask out. you on the other side. It'd be a okay, lot of Riddick because this team's not built to play catch up. And, uh, you know, if they load the box against LeGarrette Blunt, you know, all they have to do is worry about Galladay, really. Exactly. Um, so that would be my issue. Let me ask you about on the other side, as our guy Bavona, the Manimal, in the fancy pit of misery, asks a question to us with one of this guy involved in it. Talk to me about Josh Reynolds, Scott. You know, I know Cooper Cup 
is gone. I know this offense can support three wide receivers. We've seen that. You know, the Rams coming off the bye, I mentioned Josh Reynolds was owned in like 50% of leagues. You have right now, you have Robert Woods as wide out 11, Brandon Cooks as wide out 12, and then you have Josh Reynolds as wide out 22. Um, is Reynolds, so obviously you see Josh Reynolds as a wide receiver too moving forward. Yeah, I do. It's, uh, he's had a 19 and a 20 point game in PPR and plays a Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, it's, you have to like him a lot in the rest of this way. This offense is matchup proof. It's proven that it can support three wide receivers. And they're scheduled the rest of the way. They have Detroit this week. Then it'll be tough for Chicago. But after that, Philadelphia and Arizona. Uh, so I think I like Josh Reynolds a lot the rest of the way. All right, cool. I like him a lot, too. Uh, I don't know if I, I kind of consider him more of a wide receiver three. You have him as a wide receiver two. It's all good. Scotty, let me tell you something. I tagged you yesterday on Fantasy Freestyle. I like doing the poll questions, you know, and I tagged you on it. And, you know, you're a, you're a guy who cares about uh, semantics as a copy editor. You know what I mean? And uh, I asked the I'm question. I'm not just a copy editor. I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm, I'm a managing editor. Excuse me. Excuse don't, me. Don't, don't, don't undersell me by calling me a copy editor. That's actually I'm just going to get like HNIC on your business card. That's all. But let me ask you this. I, the poll question I asked, Scott, Head nerd I mentioned in charge? the editing. Oh, well, something like that. We can talk about it on yeah, break. Okay. Um, I, 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 I was careful with my wording. On this poll question, okay? And I said, who has the best one-two wide receiver combo in the NFL? Okay? Um, I put out, the options I put out were Pittsburgh, uh, Minnesota, and then I put, like, I put other as an option, and then I put the Rams because they go three deep. Because I thought people would be like, oh, the Rams crew, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people responded with, uh... Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I was like, that's why I said wide receiver combo, people. And I wanted exactly. to – I asked that, because, and that's why I said specifically one-two because I wanted to get away from some of the herds that were out there, right, some of the three-man contingencies. But let me ask you this. What do you think about that question, Scott? Because now I look at your wide receiver ranks the rest of the season. Six of your top 12 wide receivers are from three teams. <laughs> you know, right. Minnesota, you have Thielen and Diggs, one and nine. Um, Pittsburgh, you have Antonio Brown, six, Juju, 10. L.A., you have Woods, 11, Cooks, 12. You know, six of your top 12 all come from three teams. Who do you think has the best one-two wide receiver combo in the NFL? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to directly answer your questions, and then, and then I'm going to talk about something else. Go ahead. Uh, real quick. I would say when you look at the scoring leaders, though, uh, you know, Thielen's been number one. So, you know, that gives him a, a big advantage. And then you, you, see, you see Diggs right there, you know, what they've produced so far and what you expect them to continue to produce. You know, Diggs has been right there. Uh, well, he's missed a few games, but he's still top 12. So he got basically one in 12. And then you got Antonio Brown, who's been number six, and Juju Smith, who's number nine. Uh, I would probably have to give the slight edge to the Vikings because Thielen is number one and Diggs is, is better than number 12 uh, and maybe even more better than Smith Schuster when he's healthy. So I would yeah. say who's the number one combo right now, Minnesota. But if we were talking over a full season, who would I rather have on my fantasy team? I'd rather have Brown and Schuster, Schuster because Diggs is always an injury risk. 
that makes sense to me. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. Like that's a more stable scenario because of their uh, injury risk. But I do think yeah. it's interesting, you know, that these guys. And to me, that reinforces the point for me, Scotty, that I'm looking at some of these high-powered offenses, you know, and I'm trying to get pieces of these pies, you know, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Steelers, that sort of thing. But I think it's an interesting question. Uh, There's some high-flying duos right now in Minnesota and in Pittsburgh for sure. But, you know, I thought the Rams as like a three-headed monster, but it's crazy that you have both Cooks and Woods as wide receiver. It's not crazy, but it's interesting that you have both Cooks and Woods as wide receiver ones moving forward. Uh, Scotty, yeah, Arizona and, you know, right right now though, you know, in my ranks on RotoExperts.com, the final rest of the season ranks. That's what he's discussing. But yeah, I had to put the Rams guys third because you know you also have a third wide receiver there. You also have Todd Gurley heavily in the mix. Not that Kareem Hunt is not in the mix, but you know, not quite as heavily. Uh, as Todd Gurley. Now, if somebody misread the question and said, what duo would you want the most? Right. I think you'd unquestionably have to say Hill and Kelsey because of the th- you know, just the, uh, the mm. state of the tight end position. That's interesting. And if they said duo, I hear you that Hill and Kelsey would be one. But let me tell you something. Honestly, if it was duo, I'd go somewhere else. I'd go Michael Thomas Where? and Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Well, then we're, then, we're get, then we're turning the question to something different. Well, I was talking duo. Re- receiving duos. Yeah, but Alvin Kamara is a great part of a receiving duo. Right. Well, but you're, you're – <laughs> but I guess we're getting real technical here. I know, and that's these, why I said I wrote We're not throwing running backs into there. Well, you know, then, you know, it becomes, then it becomes a whole different thing. Yeah, fair enough. Let's talk about tight ends, Scotty. Our next game, the Arizona Cardinals go to Green Bay to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. Packers need to win out. They're 14-point favorites. Aaron Rodgers isn't telling people to relax, but he is reeling off the games that they would need to win in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way. The first one is here against Arizona. Talk to me, though, about Jimmy Graham and how he's defecated the mattress so far this season. Has anybody realized how disgusting Jimmy Graham has been fantasy-wise over the last five weeks? This guy is starting to look done. You know, it's like I remember Corey Parsons saying in the preseason he wanted no part of Jimmy Graham, and boy, yep. he, is, he has certainly looked right since week eight. Listen listen to this game log. It, well, actually, like, I could just say in four of the fast five games, he has not caught more than two passes, and in three of those games he has one reception. One for 21, four for 55, one for 16, one for 13, and two for 24 I'm questioning whether the guy's even rosterable for the fantasy playoffs. And this is a guy in an offense where Aaron Rodgers can't trust in these bodies besides Devontae Adams because he's got rookies and unproven guys. He, Jimmy Graham's still not getting the ball, and he did this before he broke his thumb. Jimmy Graham is looking like he's finished. Yep. I mean, you know, you talk about the name recognition all the time and how you need to think about what's actually happening. I will say Jimmy Graham left one of those games with injury, but it has been a dumpster fire for what used to be nine you know, catches over the past five no, games. I hear you. I hear you. And that's why you got guys like Jonu Smith and Chris Herndon, you know, kind four of games of below 25 yards. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. It is not pretty, to your point. You have Jimmy Graham ranked. I keep on scrolling down. You have Jimmy Graham ranked 18th 
in your ranks rest of season behind guys like Austin Hooper, John U. Smith, Chris Herndon, even Jared Cook, who we know you don't necessarily like, even Evan Ingram, who's banged up and uh, kind of the sacrificial lamb target-wise with, there with Cook, in New York. With, with Cook, he's inconsistent, but in terms of how the tight end position has been producing, he still looks like top six right now. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, moving yeah. on to the next game here real quick. Kansas City goes to Oakland. We know about Kansas City. You're starting everybody. We know about Oakland. You don't really want to start anybody. I think I would say maybe Jalen Richard is okay to start because they're going to be yes. down and passing in this game a lot. So I think Jalen Richard is going to be on the field. I don't maybe. know about I don't know about down and passing in this game a lot. You know, really? it's, uh, like it, because you got to remember this. And I'm not saying you always do this. Go ahead. We can't assume just get the team gets from behind and is built to play catch up. You know they could they, they they could they could be behind by 28 points yeah. and still be going three and out. Some teams are not built to play catch up. So you, I I'm like Jay about which running back will be on the field though. We'll get the snap. Will so you have a PPR back? Will early back? That's all I'm saying. Uh, you don't ideally want to start Jalen Richard in your fantasy playoffs because there's no ceiling, though. There's a floor of about nine points, but there's only a ceiling of about 11. And this team is not built to play catch-up at all. Let me ask you this, Scotty. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are on the road in the black hole, but they are 15.5-point favorites. Are you laying 15.5 points and still taking the Chiefs? Sure. they still got a lot yeah. to play for. Yeah, I think that's true also, which is just the only thing that I wonder about them. The uncertainty is, and we do this every single year with this guy, he's either unreliable for performance or injury. Sammy Watkins still has a sore foot. Right. He'd be the one guy that I don't want a piece of. You know, give me Tyreek Hill, give me Travis Kelsey, give me Kareem Hunt, give me Patty Mahomes. But I think we draw the line almost at Sammy Watkins, right? If Sammy Watkins is healthy, I play him. If he's active, you play him? But the guy's always getting hurt. Yeah, I worry about him, like, starting and not finishing a game. You know, that's That's what happened last week. He's caught one pass, and then he was out. Even Yeah, in that big-time Monday night football game, that would be my One pass, a smile, and off to the sideline. As it relates to Sammy Watkins, but the 15.5 points is interesting. I personally am staying away from it because the home dog in a division game, and you never know. But, you know, the Chiefs should roll in that one. When we come back on FST, Scott, a couple more games to break down before we hand it over to the morning after. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Uh, Here on Roto Experts in the morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FST, all that. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Dad, what are you doing? Cramming for college. I'm the one going to college. Yeah, but we need to figure out how we're going to pay for it all. Discover Student Loans. Discover does student loans? Yeah, they're one of the top student loan lenders in the country. It takes 15 minutes or less to apply, and there are no fees for the life of the loan. Best of all, I can earn cash rewards if I get good grades. Really? Yeah, we still have time to apply and get a great rate. So I can just chill. College kids still say that, right? No one says that, Dad. 
Really? Yeah. Visit discoverstudentloans.com to apply today. Limitations apply. Calling all drivers. Want a career that will take you places? Then Coach USA and Megabus is the place for you. Coach USA and Megabus, leaders in the local and inner city bus transportation industry, are looking for career minded, conscientious drivers with a valid CDL Class A or B license with passenger endorsement. They offer paid training, competitive salary, and many benefits. Apply now and start driving to a better future. Visit CoachUSA.jobs. That's CoachUSA.jobs. The morning after. I'd kill Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I'd shut that kid up. Did Oklahoma State beat Michigan. I got nothing against Baker Mayfield besides the, the fact he's a product of a modern society in which he talks without doing anything. He's it's got like, wins. You know what? Josh Allen's got wins. You hear Josh Allen on Twitter ripping people? Nobody's criticizing Josh Allen. No one's criticizing Josh Allen. No one's criticizing Everybody criticizes Josh Allen. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Don't mess with Gabe Morency and a member of the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia represent. And in about, oh, 15 minutes, we turn it over to the morning after where Gabe Morency, our guy, the fantasy executive, and the lovely Michelle Serpico will take over here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, as you mentioned, you're going to be in the Pacific Northwest this week. George Kurtz is going to hold me down on Friday and Monday. But let's talk about the game you are going to see. The San Francisco 49ers are up there in Seattle to take on the Seahawks in a division matchup. Your Seahawks, who are right there in the playoff hunt at 6-5, and five, Scotty, they are 10.5-point favorites. I don't want you to be in a position where you jinx it, so I'm not going to ask you to pick the game necessarily. But I do want to ask you about some of the Seattle uh, weapons and how you play them for fantasy. Scott, Tyler Lockett has been good. Doug Baldwin has been a shell of his former self. And David Moore is the kind of guy who pops every now and then. My problem with these guys and starting them in fantasy is that Seattle is running the ball more than any team in the NFL. The Seahawks won a game recently. I think Russell Wilson completed something like 13 passes. That's like Blake Bortles territory, just in terms of running the ball and not completing passes. That is why I struggle to trust any Seahawks wide receivers in fantasy. I know Lockett has been good, but tell me I'm crazy. Well, let's start with Russell Wilson here. Oh, He's okay. thrown two TD passes in seven or more TD passes in seven consecutive games. Yeah. And ESPN notes he's only one of four quarterbacks this year to throw multiple TD passes in 10 games this year. That is incredible efficiency right now. Sure. Uh, you know, he's, last week was his first through for 339 yards. It was his first 300-yard game of the year. So Wilson's still top 12 right now. Lockett's caught eight touchdown passes. He's the 20th uh, ranked wide receiver in terms of productivity. You, you think that you can't depend on that touchdown, uh, you know, sort of pace. But you have been able to. You really have been able to. It really does hurt in the, the two or three weeks where he, he hasn't scored, but he's been more reliable than not. You described David more perfectly. But when this team throws, they make it count. You know, that that's the thing about it. The, you get six points from Lockett. You get, you get four from Wilson. Wilson's been hovering around 20 points every single week. Doesn't have quite the fantasy upside that he's had in the past, but very, very solid, very reliable floor. And this is number one rushing team in the NFL. And, you know, as long as Chris Carson is in there, 
and he's an RB2, but he runs very physical. He's an injury risk, so make sure you handcuff Mike Davis if you're using him as a flex. Mm-hmm. This week, San Francisco does seem like a walkover to them. You know, the 49ers are having quarterback trouble, etc. cetera. Uh, you, you can easily throw on the 49ers. You know, it's just all you have to do is avoid Richard Sherman. And right. uh, So Wilson should have another good game. Uh, I don't think they're going to keep Lockett as stationary on one side. So, uh, you know, maybe David Moore sees a lot of him. I I don't know how they, exactly they're going to scheme it. The 49ers against running backs, uh, they're 18th. Seattle's going to impose their will uh, offensively. So, Chris Carson's going to get going to get his this week. All right, you mentioned a great point, and you're going to be there, Scotty, so I can ask you uh, definitively, will the 12s, will you – cheer Richard Sherman in his return to Seattle? Uh, tactically, no, because I'm in the, in the press box and I can't cheer anything. Fair. But uh, if you ask me... Will if the I crowd reaction dance, be positive? No, it's, uh, you know, the pulse, you know, on the Seahawks communities that I follow is that once a guy leaves, you know, and if he does, then he went to the 49ers, a lot of people are upset about it. But I think they forget that, you know, the Seahawks released Sherman and he took the best deal that he could get, and he was acting as his own agent. For me, if I was in the stands rather in the press box, I'd wear my Richard Sherman jersey, and I'd stand up and applaud him because the guy is the best quarterback in team history and a huge part of their Super Bowl team and you know, just an incredibly important sure. part of what that franchise was. It's like it's amazing. You know, Earl Thomas, you know, they trash mm-hmm. him on the way out. Michael Bennett, they, they, a lot of fans will they'll take the side of the team over the player. I, yeah. I just don't do that. Richard Sherman is my third all-favorite time Seahawk, so I would definitely stand up and applaud him. Fair enough. On the San Francisco side, I think you know everything you need to know already. Matt Breida is a legitimate and solid RB2. George Kittle is one of the top tight ends in the game right now for fantasy purposes, and that's about it. Right, Scott? Yep. Yeah, that's right. it. Uh, I think the Seattle defense is like a top seven start this week, you okay. know, at home. And it might be a quarterback change during this game. All right, fair. We'll keep our eye out on that. America's game of the week in the 4 o'clock spot, Scotty. Important one. Minnesota Vikings travel to New England to take on the Patriots. Patriots are five-point favorites in this one. Both of these teams have a lot on the line. Uh, Scotty. Rex Burkhead was activated off the pup list for the Patriots um, yesterday. Uh, should James White and or Sony Michelle owners be worried that he's going to eat into their production? Uh, I think I, I think you know maybe they might give him a few reps here and there because they want to keep Sony Michelle healthy and injuries have been a problem here. Uh, so I, I think it's legitimate, but I still think Sony Michelle is the lead runner for that team. So, you know, maybe it shaves three or four carries off. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if Rex Head Burkhead is going to be ready this week. But with the state of running back, you know, if, and the way Sony Michelle's played, uh, I don't think it's become a major concern. What you do know is that Burkhead, though, he can be the handcuff for either guy now. Right, he can catch passes and replace James White, or he could run the ball and, and uh, help James White uh, replace Sony Michelle. Michelle would go down again and probably be the lead runner. Yep. Uh, remember, you right now, though, you have both of those Pats running backs ranked very high in PPR formats, especially James White uh, running back 11, 
Sony Michelle, the stereotype, my guy, running back 14. So, you know, be careful to watch if Rex Burkhead does uh, form more of a committee there and kind of suppress that value. How do we treat Gronk moving forward, Scott? I mean... Listen, if you own Gronk, you probably spent a third-round pick on him, right? And, I mean, like, are you just – are you setting and forgetting it with Gronk? Or is, like, is he – are you worried that he's a decoy at times? How do you treat Gronk moving forward, Scott? If you watched last week's game, and I know you did because you're a Jet fan. Sure did. He certainly didn't look like a decoy. Uh, you know, right. he got a week off, and he looked like he got somewhat healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it really depends on who your other option is. If you have Eric Ebron and Gronk – you know, you have a tough decision, but in most cases, you probably don't have a better tight end than Gronk, so it's a pretty easy decision. Yeah, I guess so. You, may, you know, it's just like, I think you've been dealing with it all year long, like with Gronk, and so maybe you just got a bad taste in He could have had two to three touchdown receptions last week. It's just Brady overshot him. Yeah. And on the other side of this, we have the Minnesota side. We know about this. We know about what you were saying is one of the best wide receiving combos in the NFL. We know about Kirk Cousins. And listen, Scotty, does Dalvin Cook behind that offensive line and still not maybe 100% all the way, does that concern you? I mean, you have him as running back like, what, 20, 21, something like that. So I know you have him as starting number 21 overall, but would he worry you? I think he's been worrying people for a while, don't you? It does, but that's why I'm a little bit I'm a little bit surprised you still have him as RB21. I mean, you know, you've been hyping up guys like Josh Adams. I've been talking to Chris Carson, yet you still have Dalvin Cook ahead of these guys. Like, I would seriously consider he, he, Chris Carson ahead of Dalvin Cook at this point. He has more upside than Chris Carson at Dalvin Cook. Yeah, but the Cook. upside I hasn't like Chris happened, Carson. Scott. And the offensive line is still not necessarily great. This team isn't running there, the ball. There was, there, what was there, a game like, what was it, two weeks ago that he had a 70-yard run? And last week he had a catch and run into the end zone. I just don't – Chris Carson, I don't think he does those kind of things. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Last game, Scotty, that I want to get into because in a couple minutes we turn it over to the morning after. My J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 try to spell their team name, and they go to Tennessee to take on the Titans. The Titans are seven-and-a-half-point favorites, Scott. And I understand that the Jets have been bad, but we've talked about how undynamic, if that's even a word, the Tennessee Titans are. Would you give seven and a half points with the Titans against anybody? I can see this very easily being like a nineteen thirteen kind of game. I the total is only you, forty. You, yeah, you never know what you're going to get with the Titans, though. That's the thing. So, who are you starting from this game? Maybe Chris Herndon and Corey Davis. Is that it? I think you got to give Corey Davis a crack as a wide right. receiver three. Uh, I don't like starting Deion Lewis. I think you got to go with. I like both tight ends here. You know, Janu Smith is coming off a big game. Touchdowns in three of his last four. But, look, you can't count on that. But, uh, you know, to look at the state of tight end. And Chris Herndon, his double-figure fantasy performances in four of their last six. So, I think you can start, start both tight ends. All right. Fair enough. Listen, Scott. They have great uh, pickups. Yep. We got to pass it on over to the morning after here. They're going to take you through the rest of the morning here. It is Gabe Morency representing Bills Mafia, putting people through tables. The fantasy executive, who may be the only person who thinks that the Dallas Cowboys will get a win on Thursday night football. And the lovely Michelle Serpico as well, your co-owner in a league that we are in together. And listen, the NFC East is going to be very interesting, Scotty. Dallas on Thursday night and then a big NFC East matchup on Monday night. We could be staring at a flat-footed tie in the NFC East in a week from now. Um, we'll talk about it tomorrow. 
and then you'll enjoy your trip to Seattle. The morning after is up next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day, fantasy players, as you make your push to the playoffs.